fine top of the afternoon to you. Yeah, it is. It's a nice Sunday afternoon. It is. Freezing little, ice falling from the sky. A little chilly. Afternoon. Did you get caught in that yesterday? I saw it, but I didn't get caught in I it. was in the middle of that. I yeah. saw it out the window. In, uh, Too early for snow. Kelly came in the house, and uh, I ended up turning on the heater. Yeah. It was the initial turn on the heater, yeah. uh, the first turn on the heater day. <laughs> yeah, so same thing here. We got the heater going. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. So we have a little different type of show today yeah, for everybody. Yeah. We're going to be sprouting out another uh, a, a type of show or a type of episode called Artist Edition, where we bring in – an artist is a little bit loose because it can be producers, uh, it can be um, engineers, it can be anything, actual artists, anything. But uh, we're going to bring somebody in and do an interview today. We are. And yep. it's a very special person today. Yep. I I had a blast doing this and listening yeah. to this. So yeah, some good history here. We're going to be interviewing uh, Annette Hilton. Annette Hilton from yep. from Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. She was one of the original Vandellas. That's awesome. Yep, and inductee in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's yeah. She and a yep. very very nice person to yep. be. So. Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, let's uh, go ahead and roll that then. You Great. ready? Yep. Here, here we go. We, for full disclosure, here we we know each other from the past, <laughs> so so it's no big no big secret or surprise. But uh, Nettie, uh, Annette, no, <laughs> all right, um, Nettie was one of the original Vandellas from Martha Reason of Vandellas, um, and she has been uh, she's recorded uh, songs that all of us have in our DNA: um, "Dancing in the Streets," "Quicksand." Um, what Come, and get these memories. Come and get these memories. Jimmy Mac. Jimmy Mac. You know, these wave. are Heat Wave. These are songs that uh, that everybody in the United States, they're part of the American DNA. Um, I don't really want to get into all of the accolades that you've gotten because uh, we can, we'll, we'll uh, set some links to that stuff online. Um, but she's legit. <laughs> she has street cred. She is in as an inductee in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and, and the funny part is, uh, like I said earlier, we do know each other, and I always forget your past, what you do, and I never think about it until I go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know I'm seeing all the, you know, and everybody who knows me knows that I'm a total fanboy about rock and roll and about pop culture and about how all this stuff happens, and it's it's in me more, it's it's just a complete part of me, and I always forget your part in this whole thing until I get to the uh, Detroit section of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm like, oh my god. That's Nettie. That's <laughs> just incredible. And every time I see that, and every time I see your name on the wall, it just blows my mind. But um, enough with my fanboy stuff. Let's get to your stuff. Uh, really, what I wanted to talk about was the the personal side of being involved in something that is so big. It's bigger than than a, a country. It's bigger than the world. It's bigger than anything. This is like music and the thing that makes our our blood pump. So. Uh, and you were actually a, a big part of that. So I just wanted to get some background on how you became a part of the Vandellas. Like, how did this all happen for you? Well, number one, let me start off by saying, number one, thank you for having me on the program. Oh, you bet. You bet. But uh, I never wanted to be a singer. Really? I have people walk up to me and say, oh, I know this was your dream. You've been dreaming about singing all along. No, I did not. I wanted to be a nurse or either a social worker. Wow. So I fell into the singing quite by accident. And it was very early on, way before becoming an actual Vandella, uh, I had the opportunity to attend an, an audition with a friend of mine that I went to school with. She was going 
for an audition for a gentleman who had a guys group and he wanted to form a female group. She wanted to be a part of this female group. I never thought in terms of singing no more than singing in my church choir on Sunday. Right, right. Okay. And um, so I went to the audition with her. During the audition, there was lots of young ladies who were auditioning with this guy that was sitting at this old-fashioned piano, and he was hitting out keys, and he was calling them up one by one, telling them to sing an ah and sing another ah, and they did. And he did this for quite a while, maybe a couple of hours or so. And then the gentleman looked at me, and he said, You, come here. Come over here and sing an ah. Right. You know, and I turned around and looked behind me and everything, and I told him, I didn't come to sing. I came with my friend. She wanted to audition, not me. I only rode down with her. He said, that's all right. Come on to the piano. Come on over here. So I got up and I went. And he hit a key out on the piano and he said, sing a ah. So I went, ah. So then he hit another one and I went, ah, you know. So we did that two or three times and then he said, okay, go sit down. So I did, you know. And after he got through auditioning all these ladies and, um, He later said, okay, I got my group. Now, he already had a lead singer. He was trying to find background for the young lady. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I have my group. He pointed to my girlfriend that I had gone downtown with. He pointed to me. He pointed to another young lady who is now an original Vandella, and I still continue to sing with her with Rosalind, Mm -hmm. yes. And there was another lady. And um, he said, I have my group. And I immediately jumped up and I went, no, you don't. I can't do this (laughs) because I was only 14 years old. I was like, "Uh, no, you don't have no group because I have to go home and talk this over with my mother. And I didn't come down here to sing. (laughs) I came down here with my girlfriend, you know, and he said, it's okay, It'll be all right. You know, so. I had somebody laughing not too long ago. My mom just turned 94, but I remember asking her not too long ago, Mom, when I came home and I told you that this gentleman wanted me to sing in this group, I don't remember you saying no. Did you? (laughs) And she said, no, I don't think I did. Otherwise, you wouldn't be singing. And I said, no, I don't remember you saying no either. It seemed to be all right with you. And she said, well, it sounded like it was a good idea. So it kind of all started from there. Wow. That group was called the Delphi's. Mm -hmm. We were called the Delphi's. There was actually a lead singer and four background singers. It was myself, Rosalind, that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. the young lady Beatrice that I had gone officially with, and there was another lady named Trudy. You know, sometime during that year or yeah, by the end of that year or about a year uh, one of the ladies dropped out and I believe it was my girlfriend Beatrice was the first one to drop out mm-hmm. and uh, so that left us with three and then maybe some months later the other girl Trudy she decided to drop out so that only left us with two so we needed a third person because the lead singer had taught us three-part harmony oh right right and so we had a part missing we definitely at least needed one more person to make the three-part harmony so the lead singer gloria jean knew martha 
Martha was a couple of years older than us, and she kind of sang on the circuit a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she said, I know of a, a young lady, and I'll ask her if she wants to join the group, which she did. She asked Martha if she wanted to be a part of our group, and Martha accepted. She said yes. She came into the group. So we had we again had our three-part harmony, and we had our lead singer. So for... Mm, and this was in 1957. Mm-hmm. So from, I was just a wee lad back then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Twinkle in your mom's eye, right. probably, you know. But anyway, um, we sang uh, a lot of different places. We would sing at different parties, teas, uh, teas meaning like backyard parties or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that where all the ladies get together. Uh, we did a lot of sock hops, and they Ooh. were called sock hops because you had to take your shoes off because we were dancing on a hardwood floor. So you had to dance in your socks. I remember that on Happy Days. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so they, were act- they were actually sock hops where we danced in our socks. So we actually did that for some of the DJs that was on the radio at the time. And we sang a lot of different songs, you know, just songs that we heard on the radio, Gloria made sure that every song that was out there that we could sing it. Mm-hmm. So we sang different genres of music. She had us singing gut bucket blues. We sang jazz. We sang gospel. We sang rock and roll. Everything that it was, she made us attempt to, to sing it. Right, so right. we were able to tackle it all. So there isn't too much that we haven't sang yet, you know, which now Gloria has since passed, but we give her all the credit for that that we learned then. She was actually the one that taught us how to sing from our diaphragm by leaning us over a chair and telling us to sing. Wow. We're like, we can't sing hanging over a chair. And she said, yeah, you can. She said, because you're singing from your throat. You got to sing from your diaphragm. So we learn how to do that. We learn how to hold a note longer than if you're letting it go from your throat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And that was kind of one of my, the, leading into the next phase of my questions. If you listen to, so at this point you guys hadn't recorded yet and you guys no. weren't on a label or anything like that yet. We were on a label um later on because we went from this manager to another one and he had gotten us on a label there was a gentleman his name was JJ Barnes I don't know if you ever heard of him he was from the latter 50s and he made a record called I'll let you know mm-hmm. no won't you let me know and we did background with him, but this label, I think it was Chessmate or something, but it didn't really go Oh, Checkmate. Anywhere. Checkmate. Yeah, it was yes. a subsidiary of Chess Records. Yes. Something like that. I don't like know that. how yes. I know this stuff. <laughs> I, I, don't know how, I, don't, I, I don't know how I know this stuff. I, I think it's because I've been reading this stuff since I was like that big. Probably. <laughs> yes. Know? So he had a record, Won't You Let Me Know, and we background him on that. And then later they decided... They wanted us to answer his song, so then we put out a record called "I'll Let You Know." Oh, you know, so that right. was interesting. That was that was pretty much our first recording, you know, as recording artists. So, 
That was fun. And one in the past, for the past couple of days, I've been listening around in uh, in all the stuff that you do with the Motown record label. I think you were on Barry Gordy's um, sub label of Motown, something like that. Yes, <laughs> he had a couple, and and we were on those um, because he had us doing a lot of background work actually before we signed on uh-huh. with him. Uh, before we actually became Vandellas, we were. How we got to Motown, Martha went to, she ended up with a job at Motown. Now, this was kind of a fluke because she actually went to audition Uh at Motown. She met someone and he told her to come down for an audition. She went on the wrong day. Oh, no. And the day that she went, the A&R director was busy doing some work and she was sitting in his office and he asked her what was she doing there she said she came to audition and he said i told you on a certain day you know and he said i'll be back i gotta go take care of some business well the phone was ringing and he told her just take the calls while i'm here i'll be right back you know so she did so she actually became the first a and r secretary of motown wow by just ending up there on the wrong day right you know (laughs) so um the way we really got to Motown was, I think they had a song for either Kim Western or Mary Wells, and they didn't show up. Ah. And Martha told Barry that she sang in a group, and she wanted to know, can I call my group in to do this fill-in? And they said, yeah, bring them in, you know. So we got there, we did some background work and stuff like that, and... Eventually, our first our first real recording, we, we recorded with quite a few people at Motown. People don't know that, but we recorded with a lot of, we did background for a lot of people at Motown. Mm-hmm. But Did they I, give you guys credit when this was going on, or were you guys just kind of like... They, was, that's how we got the different names. We've been the Vales and the somebody else oh, right, and right. somebody else, you know, just, just some names. But... Um, the way we actually became known was um, our first Motown. It was called then the Motortown Review when Barry took the first Motortown Review out on the world, you know, out. We went with Marvin Gaye as Marvin Gaye's background singers oh. because we did not have a record out. We did get a chance to go on the tour. We were the first ladies to sing behind Marvin Gaye. We are the sound. On Stubborn Kind of Fella. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitchhike, Pride and Joy. Those are the Vandellas. <laughs> Me, Rosalind, and uh, Martha. Those are wow. our three voices on the. On That's there. incredible. That's incredible. Yep. I didn't know that. Actually, it was four voices with Gloria also, because wow. Gloria was there. Finally, Barry decided that he wanted to record us. So we needed a name, and... He asked us to sign a contract, but he didn't want to go through the hassle of changing our name because we were the Delphi's then. And right, right. So he told us to come up with a name. He gave us about a half an hour, 45 minutes to come up with the name. We couldn't. He came back. He said, do you have a name? We said, no. He says, you're going to be called the Vandellas. We said, okay. We were good. Right. So we were the Vandellas. So the next Motown review we went out as the Vandellas, but we still kind of backed Marvin up on on 
wow. his songs. So it, I guess what the, the, the what I'm leading up to is, so I've been listening to um, your discography for the past couple of days, and one of the things I notice is that you, you guys are awesome. I mean, there's there's a, a, a definite reason why you guys are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, you guys were awesome. You guys did what you did impossibly well. Were you guys did did uh, Motown train you to do this, or how did you? Because, and I've heard you guys sing like in real life, and there's something there that other people don't have. How did that? Because it, it just seems kind of unlikely that you would show up to a, to a, a interview or to a, a rehearsal, not be there to 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 be the one, finally get picked to be the one, and have an impossibly awesome talent. And, and I, I'm not buttering you up. I'm just saying, like, no. <laughs> if, if you're awesome at something, own it. And that's you just did it. Did, I, were you trained? Or did they, did they preen you guys? Our training in that respect, as far as our voices were concerned, was done when we were Delphized. Uh-huh. Gloria, our lead singer, like I said, she was the one that taught us how to sing from our diaphragm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was the one that taught us our notes, how to remain on that note, how to blend that note with the other persons that we were singing with. She would tell people, once I give these two, speaking of myself and Rosalind, once I give them a note, they just don't lose it. Right. They just don't forget it. And even today, people will tell us after we do a show, we cannot believe that you guys sound exactly the same way you did when you recorded in 1962. It's just something that I guess the Lord put us together simply to sing and blend together, and that's what we do. Yeah, and there, there's there's definitely something there. I mean, there's definitely something there that can't be denied, and it's just awesome. It's we totally can't awesome. we can't explain it. <laughs> we think we were just brought together to be sisters in song and we had nothing to do with it because Rosalind actually wanted to be an airline stewardess and I told you I wanted to be a nurse or <laughs> right. social worker. So <laughs> Well you did become a nurse at some point, didn't you? Not a nurse. I did get a chance to work in the hospital. Uh-huh. So I worked in the hospital laboratory for actually thirty eight years. Well, there you so. go. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so I did get a chance to do the hospital thing. Yes, yeah, not too many people uh, get sidetracked by something that just is out of this world. World. Well, the so, singing definitely was not in my plan at all. So, uh, well, and, and that brings me to another point. Like I, like I, I've been saying, I've been a music fan, and not just a music fan, but uh, a fan of the whole package for since I was a, a kid. And I remember seeing your guys' albums, and you know, everybody from that era's albums in my mom and dad's house and their record collections, watching on TV, watching all this stuff. And one thing I noticed was that with all of those. The acts from that time, um, the choreography was spot on. The um, the public relations was spot on. The dressing, the the dress, the clothes, everything spot on. Was that something that Motown or your label or your managers was that something that they did? Like at, it, once you got picked to be in the band and you it was your turn at bat, were you preened to do that also? Motown trained. They brought people in to teach choreography. They brought people in to teach the ladies 
how to be very modest, how to get in and out of cars, how to sit, how to cross our legs, you know, how to stand. Yes, all of that they brought in as as a training mechanism for us so that when we hit the stage and when we left the company and went out of state or out of the country, that we were polished. So all of that training, yes. Wow. That was that was that was a planned thing. I guess that was part of what Barry wanted. Not only the sound and the sound was unique, I think because he wanted something different. He wanted the record label, he wanted it different, but each one of the musicians were kind of allowed to kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But it blended with what everybody else did, but they all had their 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 own little unique something that they did, like you've probably heard of Benny Benjamin, you know. No, uh, who, did, who what did he do? He was, was a bass name? player. Okay, you know, he did his own thing. You know, he did his he he played it upright. Uh huh. You know, and on a lot of music, people can't copy it because. <laughs> he just did what he felt, right, you right. know. I mean, it was on the music and everything, but he he put into it his own thing, you know. Uh-huh. And I think most of the music, most of the musicians, this is what they did. They played it like the music, but they put in their own personal little thing, which made Motown sound a different kind of sound. Right, right. You know, it made it more personable to Motown as a whole. Right, right. And at, at this time when this was going on, did for you was this you know this was this is my job that I got on accident, <laughs> or was it more like I did you feel like that you were part of something that's huge? No, I didn't. At that time, I didn't feel like it was huge or anything like that. We were young, we were having fun. Right. We were doing something that living in Detroit, you know, as young black people we would not have ordinarily had that chance to do so we had a chance to do something that was completely out of the ordinary for us we were having a good time we were we were enjoying singing the music more so than anything else we were enjoying being able to go out of town our parents would not have been able to take us to places that we went and expose us to the things that we were exposed to you know, they just wouldn't have been able to do that. They were they were working people, but they wouldn't have been able to just like, say, send us off to vacation through the South for 90 days or something like that. Right, right. They wouldn't have been able to do that. So we were young people doing something that we liked because we eventually liked the singing and everything. But we enjoyed the traveling, meeting people. Eventually, we branched off. We started working with other groups of the 60s and all. That was fun. These were people that we listened to on the radio. Right, You know, right. we had a chance to work with these people, you know, so. Yeah. Did you, were you ever starstruck at any point where you met somebody and you're like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah. yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Lots of times. Um, and you brought up an interesting point, which was, <laughs> you seem to be going in the same direction I'm going, which is pretty good. Um, you seem to, or you brought up another point where, um, and, and I, I think that it's not proper anymore to to confess this or to, to talk about this, but as an, as an American people, we're all different. We got, there's black, brown, 
white. You know, there's all different kinds of people. And for the most part now, it's more okay-ish. But when you guys came out, this was not okay. You know, it, no, was, it wasn't. It was not okay. It was not okay for for white American kids to be listening on the radio to, to black kids. And I, I've always wanted to know what it was like when that that happened where those walls were breaking down because it wasn't a peaceful thing and it was and it was almost forced that it, it and maybe I'm completely wrong but I always I always felt it was like the kids who kind of forced the issue that they wanted to be together they wanted to dance they wanted to sing they wanted to do teenager stuff and it was they had to violently kind of overthrow the grown-ups to get this to happen how, what how was what was that experience like when you were traveling to the south when you were when people were targeting you guys for problems that they were having with their children and with people mixing and doing all sorts of things that, that were not okay at the time. Well, this is pretty much how it was. We like to think that the music broke the barriers and brought people together because by us living in the North, of course, they were a little. we had a little bit more freedom than those in the South. We used to see things on TV, but that was on television. It wasn't mm-hmm. real. You know, we knew that prejudice existed, but it wasn't to the extent of what we saw when we got, when we crossed the Mason and Dixon line, as, as one would say. We, going down on, like the first Motortown Review, uh, we had a white bus driver. We were... A busload of black people. Right. The band and the acts going down to the south. And I think our first tour was something like 90 one-nighters. Okay. In a row? In a row. Wow. Okay. Um, We weren't allowed, and, and it was kind of a rude awakening for us. Like I said, we were aware of prejudice. I mean, because it was all around us, and we're talking about the early 60s. But... Some things that we ran into, we weren't used to, you know, and we had to learn how to get around that and get over that. Like on the bus, we weren't allowed to go into a lot of restaurants on the highway. Now, our driver was white, so he could go in and he could buy food for us and he could bring it back to the bus. But we couldn't go in the restaurant. If we did stop and was allowed to go in a restaurant, we had to go by way of the back door. We could not walk through the front door. Wow. There were places that didn't even rest stops that didn't even allow us to use the bathroom. We literally had to, the bus driver would stop the bus out in the country, in the woods somewhere, and all the girls would get off the bus and put our hands around each other and we'd go to the bathroom. And then next the guys would get off and they would do the same thing. I mean, wow. these these were things that we weren't used to, but I mean, you had to do something, you know. Yeah, I got to go to the bathroom. You know, <laughs> right. there were times when we would do the show and we'd have to get back on the bus and we'd have to ride because they wouldn't allow us to stay in a hotel. Wow. Now, when we did the shows, we could go in and when we come out on stage they everybody would be yelling and screaming but when we looked around all the caucasian kids would be on the main floor you look up in the balcony all black people was in the, in the balcony you wow. know that was 
kind of different for us. We weren't used to that being that separated like that. Right. You right. know, that was kind of different. Um, as time went on and as, you know, the years began to pass, then we noticed that, and you have to remember too also, don't let me forget this, that we started the Motown reviews at the same time that Martin Luther King was doing the freedom marches and things of that nature. Right, right. So, so. when they saw us as a busload of black people, they went like, well, here comes some more, right. you know. So we were like in trouble from the get-go, <laughs> right. you know. Even though we had Motortown Review on the bus, they didn't see that. They saw a busload of black people coming through the South. Right, you right. know, we were an instant threat, okay, to them, they felt. But eventually, we began to see the barriers break down. It got to the point where we would see the whites on one side, the blacks on the other side. After a while, we would do shows, and everybody would be dancing in the aisle together, the blacks and the whites, you know. So we'd like to think that we broke that barrier, you know, it got to a point where everybody was having a good time, even though they were separated, you know, on different sides of the room or some was in the balcony, some was on the main floor. They were all enjoying the music. After a while, they just started joining in and everybody was just having a good time. You nice. know, So we'd like to think that we helped break that barrier down. Well, yeah, you guys did. I mean, definitely. Absolutely. Because you had an effect on people who hadn't been trained up in the system yet, you know, and, and before, before the system got to him, you guys got to him. That's awesome. Well, uh, we, we thought it was a good thing because for us, you know, going through the South and seeing blue water fountains and bathrooms that said colored, it was like, whoa, we knew then that we were totally out of the North because we had never seen anything like that other than on TV. Right, right. You know, and to see it actually live, I mean, it was like a very rude awakening. It was like, whoa, we better be careful down here. You know, <laughs> these people are not playing. Yeah. You know, they, they're very serious. You know, so we have to kind of walk lightly because we're in their part of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to walk like they said. But like I said, eventually... Those walls were broken. You know, the kids came together. You know, they all had a good time. We had a good time, you know. and But basically, we were young. We were having fun. We had to accept the reality of what was going on around us. But our main thing, they, people want to know, well, how did you guys act on the bus? What did you do? What do normal kids do on a bus? <laughs> flirt. <laughs> they act, well, not only flirting, they act silly. Right. You know, they argue, they sleep, they they laugh, they tell jokes. Just and That's what we did on the bus. Right. You know, we, we did the, the same thing that young people do on, on school buses and things. Now, that's what we did on the Motown Review bus. Wow. You know, we did all those things. We, we had laughs. You know, we um, would tell some some of them to shut up because they wanted to keep singing. We'd be like, "You're <laughs> off the stage now. Right. You shut up now. Yeah. We're trying to sleep." You know, and and we 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 just had fun. We and and Barry always Barry always told us that we were a family, mm -hmm. and we tried to treat each other. Even today, we see other Motown artists. We feel like that's part of our family. We still try to treat each other like family. You know, wow. and so does does Barry still keep in contact with you guys and still? 
We don't talk to him really on a one-to-one, but a lot of times there are functions when we do get a chance to see him. Like yeah, I right would imagine he, he's totally busy. You know, I'm nobody and I'm totally so. busy. <laughs> it's impossible yeah, to get any of my go. time and I'm nobody. There <laughs> so, you go. Yeah. yeah. He has a play going now, you know. Um, um, Annette, did you forget the name of the play? Oh. Is it uh, on Broadway? Yes. Yes, his play about Motown. I don't know that one. I know that the uh that uh there's one uh called Beautiful about Carol King and that's about the Brill building and the drifters are in it and uh well not them but their their music, the Shirelles sh- are in there. I should not forget this but I think it's Mot- well, Motown the Magic. We'll look it up and we'll we'll link everybody yeah. to that thing to okay. that. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. It's coming to Ohio. Oh, is it really? I believe I think in October. Oh. I think it's Motown the Magic. Okay, look that now, up. I, of all people, should not forget the name of it. But, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. when you ask me questions and you got me on a microphone <laughs> right. and everything, it's like my mind goes blank Strange to room. You don't know what's going to pop out. You know, yeah. <laughs> so what What was it like? Um, is there anybody that stands out working with all, you know, these were all top-notch artists, musicians. They're people from the Brill Building that you guys worked with that – you know, you ended up crafting part of American history. Is there anybody that stands out that that at that point that just brought something to the table that that nobody else did, hmm. or a personality that stood out? I I would just I, I think there's you know I'm I'm hugely patriotic person and you know whatever people make fun of me for that but whatever but I would. I would love to. It seems like you're standing in the room when they wrote the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution. I mean, the, the music was just important as uh, as anything else in in America, and it just seems like there would be some. I, I would love to have st- stood in that room or stood in that room when the Drifters recorded "There Goes My Baby." That sound is fantastic. Are there any things like that that you remember? Well. It was just a joy to be able to work with a lot of these people. Like, you name the Drifters, they were one of my favorite groups. Ah. And I think our first show with them, we worked with them several times, but I think our first show with them was at the Apollo. And going to the Apollo for us was like a biggie, a real biggie. Because everybody had told us, like, when you go to the Apollo, if they don't like you, they will throw tomatoes yeah, and boo. lettuce and boo you off the stage. And now that's the one time when I was really the stage fright. That's <laughs> when you asked about the stage fright. That's when we were all like scared to death to enter that stage at the Apollo because it was like, what if they don't like us? Right. They're going to boo us off the stage and everything, you know. But we went to the Apollo and we all got great reception and everything you know and we did our song or our two songs and got off stage and we were like we did it we passed they didn't throw tomatoes at us right. <laughs> like that you know so but it was it, it was just nice to be able to work with some of the other artists you know i mean for me to name some right now off the top of my head i can't even yeah i shouldn't it, even put you on the spot because people ask me that kind of stuff and then i always feel bad that i'm gonna leave somebody out yeah <laughs> you know and then, well i'd have to name a lot right. of them you right, know right, right. but it was, it was it was just a joy working with everybody that we work with we met so many people so many nice people and and we get a chance to see some of them now which is really cool a lot yeah. has died off but there's still a few that's still around and and it's it's always a joy to see them still, you know. 
Right, right. So do you have any plans for the future of playing music, of of becoming a part of the music business again? or? Well, you know? we're actually still singing now. We haven't stopped. Uh-huh. We stopped for a little while. And um, Rosalind and myself has formed, um, well, we kind of formed our own group. We just formed the original Vandellas. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we actually formed another group. We got another lead singer. Uh-huh. Only because Martha decided that she wanted to go solo, and that was fine. Uh-huh. You know, For a long time, we didn't do anything, and our peers kept going, why don't you guys just get another lead singer? You guys are the original Vandellas. Go out as the original Vandellas. Sing. People want to hear you. Right. It took us a little while, but we got us a lead singer. Her name is Rochelle, and she blends very nicely with us. She's a very sweet person. We enjoy having her in the group. She's ecstatic that she's in the group. (laughs) The first time she sang with us, we did a show in Canada, and we did rehearsal and everything, and when it got to be showtime, she was singing, and she knew that she had to sing lead parts in order for the background to come in, and she wasn't saying anything, and we kind of hunched her a little bit, and she was like, oh, I'm supposed to be singing. <laughs> she said she could hear the voices coming from behind her, and she's always admired the, the background sounds that she forgot to sing. Right. <laughs> you know, she went, oh, that's me. I'm supposed to be singing, you know, but she's 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 gotten used to it now. She knows, you know. But um, we still go out. As a matter of fact, we will be out next Wednesday at Cobo Hall in Detroit, Michigan. It's a private affair, but um, there should be quite a few people there. Very cool. Very cool. Yep. So we're still at it. We're, we intend to go at it until we can't anymore. Well, if, if you ever need it, you got a studio to record at in All Ashland, right. Ohio. <laughs> and that would definitely work awesome. because we, we, still, we still enjoy it. We, I mean, I still get nervous when I get on stage. But once I sing that first note, then I'm okay. Good. I good just got to sing that first note, then I'm okay. Because I'm, tr- I'm concentrating at that point on my next note or my next word that I'm supposed to say or my steps or something like that. So I'm not thinking about being nervous anymore, you know. And when we get on stage, we're on stage to entertain. We want to entertain. We want to have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, we want our audience to go away feeling good about what they paid for, what they paid to see, you know. Sure, sure. You know, so this, this is our biggest thing. And like I said, as long as we can keep doing it, then that's what we want to do. Right. You know, right. Rosalind and I both turned 71 this year. You know, Vandellas turned 71. The original Vandellas <laughs> turned 71. Happens this year, fast, doesn't people. it? <laughs> it does. It you fast. know, considering the fact that I started doing this at 14. But I, we feel good. We want to do it. You know, the people still enjoy it. They still come out to see us. I, I we want to do it as long as we can. I think they enjoy it more than, uh, than they do did in the past just because there's it's in their dna now it's not like you're in the in the past they were taking part in in uh something that was happening at the time and something that was changing and and times that were that were changing and now that we've gotten through a lot of that pain and that things are a little bit different now it's more um it's more of a peaceful thing it seems like it's well that too but a lot of it is 
in the 60s, we sang to the original people. Mm-hmm. Now we're singing to their children, right. and and we're singing to their grandchildren because they've all heard the music all the way all through their lives. Right. So they know the music. You know, like you say, it's in their DNA. They yeah. know the music. So we're singing like to the grandchildren, and we're and they all know the songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. they can sing them better than we can. Right. And so they really enjoy it, and that's a pleasure for us. Yeah, and my six year old daughter, she knows all sorts of music that. You know, she has wouldn't would never know just because living in a house that's constantly playing music. But uh, yeah, they, it's they grow up with that in their DNA, and it's and not going it. to come out. It's not coming right. out ever. And, and they know it, right? They can tell you the names of the groups and everything. They do know it, and they like the music, right? They like the music. They've heard it, but they actually like it. So that's a good thing too. Yeah, so. I mean, it's undeniably good. You know, it's undeniable. Just like you know, all the greats of. Uh, the great music of um, America is just undeniable. If you, somebody doesn't like that genre or they don't like whatever, they cannot deny that it's top notch and it's perfect. And that's awesome. Well, I think Motown is going to be around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I it, mean, that's it, a, it, it just has a different sound. It had it was about love and being together and and you know, family and and people like it, and I think they're going to continue to like it. Yeah, It'll those be are themes that are going to be good for a while. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add? No. Okay. I'm good. Good, good mm-hmm. deal. Well, I wanted to thank you for giving up your time well, to, uh, to be on our show. Thank you for having me. And thank you for be- being a part of American history and being a part of something that is going to be around when we're all gone. You guys have... have change the world for the better and that's more than anybody could hope for well i'm happy about that you know still myself and rosalind we have a hard time when people say do you guys realize that you're part of history to her and i we're just annette and rosalind of the vandellas (laughs) you know we do realize that we are part of history you know we realize that we're in the books that The records are still being played today, especially on the oldie stations. You know, we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Award, you know, the Rhythm and Blues Award, Mm -hmm. um, the Vocal Group Award, the American Music Award. We have all of these things at home in our cabinet, but we're still just Annette and Rosalind of the original Vandellas. And and I think that's that's even more powerful because people can see that when they get to know you, and when I sit down with you, we never talk about this stuff. And it's, it drives me crazy because when you leave, I'm like, oh, my God, I sh- there's a million questions I should ask. But we end up talking about aquariums and pets and, and kids and everything else. Yep. But uh, the the thing is that you guys show and, and all, of the, all of the people in Motown have shown kids and people like me and other fans that – you can do it. They can do it. They can. They might not end up at the end of the game. They might not end up with a room full of trophies or a cabinet full of awards. But at somehow they they can do it. And you guys did it, and you guys provide a good role model for people that you know. You don't have to be Superman to to create like super acts. You right. Know? Well, we hope that we've. You know, we hope our legacy continue to go on. You know, we have a lot of young people. We like talking to young people mm-hmm. because they 
they there's a lot of people that want to get into the entertainment field and everything. But we try to remind the young people especially to get your education first because music Yes, they have some groups now that sign these million-dollar contracts, but they get maybe one hit, and then you don't hear about them anymore. They might have a million dollars. Ask them what did they do with the million dollars next year. They won't have it. Right, right, know. So it's not so much about the money. You know, it's about getting an education, being smart with whatever it is that you're doing, you know, do it, keep that dream and go for the dream, but go for the reality of the dream also, right. you know, know that that dream might happen and it might not, it might not last for always have something else to fall back on. Right. right, you right. Know? Put your 10,000 hours in, you know, do, do all, all the things that you're supposed to do. Do things that you, the world is open to you. I mean, they have so many more opportunities than we had. Right. You know, it just so happened that we slipped into something that worked for us. It didn't have to work out that way for us. It just happened to be a good thing that worked out for us. But nowadays, the young people have to be a little bit more careful with what they get into. So the first thing I would tell them is get your education. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. in case that dream does not come through for you, you got something else to fall back on. Right. You know? right. And I, I talk to a lot of kids about that, too. And the, the, the thing that I always tell them is, look, there's a million kids that are auditioning for 10 jobs. You know? Yep. So think about it that way. Yes. There's yes. 10 jobs. There's 10 jobs mm-hmm. available in as rock stars. Mm-hmm. Maybe 15 jobs, maybe. And that's it. So I wouldn't bank on that one. You right, know? there you go. But but you got to be one of the people that got the 10 jobs. <laughs> you know, that's great. I got lucky. Yeah. It, it's been a nice ride, you know, and I have I have all the memories. You can't take those away from me. I mm-hmm. have the experience. You can't take that away from me. If I had to do all over again, I would do it all over again, uh-huh. you know, because that means more to me than all the money in the world, you know, to have... To, to be a part of history, to be a part of all of this, to be a part of the Motown family and all of that. Because once I'm gone, all that is still here. Right. The money I can't take with me, right? It's not going right. to do me any good once I leave. So to leave my legacy, to leave our legacy, and it's a good one and it's a positive one that when people look and when they say, Hmm, the original Vandellas, I remember them. They can see us in a positive light, and right. that's what I want. Yeah, because yeah, nobody's, nobody's going to have any scandal or anything right. about you guys. See, and nobody's that's what I all want. The, all the other stuff. I want and the good I stuff. I can guarantee that when my daughter grows up, she has kids, they're going to be listening to your music. They're going to be listening to all the music that I listened to growing up because I listened to the, par- the music that my parents sure. played for me growing up. So, I mean, that's got to be awesome. And I it's hope so. Good thing to it's do. It's going to be good. It'll be good. Great. Well, I thank you. Thank you very and, much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, first uh, artist edition. And we have a couple surprises coming up in the near future, but we'll talk about that later. Um, between now and then, if you have any more questions, we can get those to Annette. Or if you have anything that you'd like to discuss further, uh, you can find us at Sergio underscore 101 at Twitter, uh, The Village Buzz at Twitter, The Village, uh, sorry, Village Buzz.com. Or you can look under Facebook for The Village Buzz and find us at any one of those fine locations and drop us a line. Sounds good. See you guys next week. Next week it is.